0: Player one or player two? Mm, player two. Player two is Lamelo Ball. Player one, oh, is uh. Anthony, player one is Anthony Edwards Pro. <laughs> Welcome to Rogue Rose, another episode of the Basketball Series. A lot has transpired the last two weeks. Uh, obviously, a lot of NBA action. It kind of seems like the NBA standings are somewhat upside down. A lot of news off the court in the world of uh, not just basketball but australian basketball which we'll get to a little bit later pro what's news not much bogus i was
1: actually at a high school uh, event they do here in dallas big time event with like some of the best teams in the country uh that come and um you know it's funny uh, there was a team from missouri link academy they got one of the top two guards in the country named T- uh, trey johnson and then some ki- gangly kid gets to the free throw line And he goes shooting two shots, Andre Iguodala. So Iguodala's kid was there. Oh, wow. And I saw Andre there. So got a chance to talk to Dre. I haven't spoken to him in years. So it was good to catch up. I didn't even know he had a son that old, you know, that age. So we're just talking about his son and stuff like that. So he's super, super long
0: and skinny kid. Yeah. I kind of saw him grow up before my very eyes, spending, you know, six, seven years in Golden State.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I, I, Dre's wife uh came through and I I I I haven't seen her in a long time. I haven't re- I, I sort of recognized her. Who is that? And then when Igadala they said Igadala, I'm like, oh, got it, got it. So yeah. There you go. But anyway, it was cool to see him, but everything else is good, Bogues. just you know,
0: regular tomfuckery, I guess. That's right. Let's get into our team of the weeks. I'll go first. I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they're, they're really playing well they had had a tough loss the other night but um yeah they're they're 11 and four on top of the west i mean i, I didn't I didn't even have them in my in my 10 i think i had them i just didn't have a lot of confidence in the rudy towns matchup and they've, they've proven me completely wrong they're one they're the one outlier that's kind of messed up my my initial picks from the preseason but they're playing really well. Uh, they've, they've figured out the town's Gobert balance. Uh, Nas Reed comes off the bench, does a great job for him in that big spot as well. He's got a good balance of those three bigs. Edwards obviously has taken another step this year. Uh, Conley, great role player for him. And they've got a lot of good pieces, and uh, they just seem to be clicking well. They seem, seem to have enough to to put pressure at um, defensive, the defensive end with the bigs that they have. They've kind of hid towns. Uh, he's kind of not that quick on the perimeter, but they've managed to hide him in, in spots um, where he doesn't have to be as effective defensively. And they just have a good good bunch of youth and veterans, I think. Pro, and it's uh, it's good to see. It's good. It's just good to see the NBA right now. You know, you look at some teams that were meant to be at the top, like you know the Clippers and, and Golden State, and they're all down towards the bottom. Uh, the Rockets have been impressive in the West, and then you look at the East, and there's a there's a few. You know, outliers there with Indiana Pacers and the way they're playing and the Orlando Magic, which I'm sure is probably going to be your pick. But uh, who do you have?
1: I've got the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, they, they've they been playing really well. They knocked off Boston um, a couple of days ago. You know, um, they've just been playing really well. Like, those guys are energetic. They're, they're a top young team. I, I really enjoy watching them. You know, Jamal Mosley does a great job with those guys. And, you know, they're just an entertaining team. They got, you know, they don't really have, in my opinion, like an elite, elite player, but like Bonchero, you know, Wagner, you know, those guys are playing well. And then you got like Suggs, Fultz, you know, you know, Cole Anthony, they're really playing well and they, they got spunk, they got energy, they, they, you know, the ball moves, they got, they just got a good team And, and they play, they play hard, they play with each other. So. I, I really enjoy watching those guys. And then, you know, just to speak a point on the Minnesota deal on on your pick, like it's funny, everyone's saying go smaller, go smaller, go smaller. A lot of the teams defensively that are really good like them and, you know, Cleveland, the bigger teams sometimes defensively for one reason or another, they, they rate pretty high when you go bigger versus, you know, versus just going really all small or mostly small. So, I didn't like the, the I didn't like the whole towns you know, Gobert thing, but it seems to be working. But um, the Orlando deal, yeah, I, I think they're playing well. I think they're a really good team. Um, I had them originally, you know, in the top six or seven in the East. So um, I think they're 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 just they're they're playing well.
0: Yeah, and the, notably last season, there were they were a team. I think in the last fifty games they went five hundred um, after a horror start, and then there was a bunch of those games last season that were within those. Well, they went 500, were losing by two or three points to good teams, so they're always going to have, I think, a, a good a good season this year. Uh, just a matter of how high. I definitely didn't have them at three, and winning six straight and, and playing as well as they are, eleven and five at the moment. Um, it looks like they're going to probably solidify a spot in the top six if they continue to go this way. But it's good to see uh, they've been in the doldrums for what it's been it's been since Dwight really right since Dwight left. They've mm. been they've been the bottom of the of the east. So it's good to see them have some momentum. Uh, and like you said, the good thing about it is that they're just not a team that has a, a, a star that's, you know, a first-tier superstar. Manchero's obviously growing into a, a star player and getting better and better every night, but they don't have a guy that's a, an Edwards or a, you know, a LeBron, a KD, one of those guys, and they continue to, to to put wins on the board. So it's always nice to see those teams kind of accomplish that. Week, who's had a horrid two weeks for you, bro? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, the there's a lot of teams that could select the, the bottom of the barrel is bottom of the barrel, you know, as far as teams, you could pick anyone. Um, I'm just going to go at Washington. You know, uh, I guess they're the easy target, right? You know, I don't know. They're just seems lifeless at times, you know, at this point, they lost nine in a row. You know, you got that character pool running around, you know, is it just not, I mean, look, they don't have, it's not like they're, They've got no talent at all, and they're terrible. They've got a couple of play- players that can put points up, but they just—they're just, they're just all over the place as far as how their team's constructed and what they sort of what they have going, and, and they just don't really have a lot of life right now. Yeah, you know, they don't really have anybody they could really hang their team on. You know, they got Pool and Kuzma, which are—you know—they're gonna put numbers up, but you know the, the stuff that Pool pulls, as far as like shot selection and body language and antics and things and. You know Kuzma, whatever fucking outfit he's gonna show up to the game at. You know that's probably the most entertaining thing of the night. You know once the ball goes up, everything else is out the window. But they don't really have a lot of talent. They don't have young talent. They they're just sort of out there, and it's just uh they're not a they're not a fun team to watch. Even some of those teams that you know like San Antonio, or whatever that lose a bunch of games. At least you got you know you got Victor there, and you got guys who play hard, and you got some good pieces, but. I don't really see any good pieces here really besides maybe Kuzma and like Daniel Gafford but besides that they they've they've just sort of a lifeless team.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of them at all. Uh pick them I picked them dead last for this very reason. Um that I just they're not going to grind out wins. They got a couple of guys who will hit their numbers. I'm not sold on Paul as a one or even two tier star in the NBA. I, I don't like no. his leadership ability. Look, when you're when you're a number one or number two guy on any given team, you yep. have to have a certain amount of leadership whether you like it or not, you know, because you looked at it as that's just the way it is. It's probably not always right, but if you're a max guy, you got to have some sort of leadership qualities or at least be willing to work towards some leadership qualities. He has zero. He has zero leadership qualities. You can see it. Um, you're referring to the timeout a couple of, couple of games ago where he's losing his shit in the timeout, not paying attention to coach, leaves the timeout then comes back to it saying, oh shit, what play are we running? You just, you just stuff like that as a max star player you can't do, and then you're you're a veteran. So you're looked at as a veteran for these younger guys, even though you're not a veteran. These younger guys look up to you and say, "Oh, that's normal." So now, when I get my max deal or I get my money, I can act that way and be and, and succeed in the NBA. So it sets a bad bad precedence for things. And I don't see any way out there. Their uh, roster is an absolute cluster fuck of a roster. Like like you just said, it's <laughs> there's no continuity with it. I don't see a method to the madness of their roster. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Um, where are they going, Like, what, what, what style are you trying to play? It's just almost like they're like, oh, let's just get a few names, throw them together, and we're rebuilding, but we'll see how we go. So if you're a, if you're a Wizards fan, you know, look, you look at OKC of two or three years ago, you can see a method to that madness. You knew that in two or three, four years, you know, it's going to come together. It's, they're they're going to have a lot of young stars playing together, getting games together. This, I think in, th- in probably three years, you'll probably see, Eighty percent of this roster will be elsewhere, in my opinion.
1: Well, Bogues, right? So Sam Presti, in my my opinion, is the the number one GM in the in the league. You know, smartest guy by far. You know, Ham Riley, whatever. You know, but they what they've done, and, and their front office is all Oklahoma City guys. So they they've sort of built under that model. How Oklahoma City did it was look, at first, you know, besides the KD thing, once they sort of got past KD and Westbrook and the and, and those guys, they got Paul George. You know, they got Paul George and basically dealt him off. They got Chris Paul. They dealt those guys off for a million picks because they had value. They tried to win with George and those guys, they couldn't do it. And then they just said, you know what, let's just deal it. And they got all those picks and pick swaps and things. They had value. And then they just started drafting. And the Clippers, you know, they were they were handcuffed because they needed to get Paul George or they weren't going to get Kawhi Leonard. So they get Shea Alexander in the trade, you know, which is arguably better than Paul George right now. So, like, they got that. They got Shea. They could build their team around. They got all these picks. And then they just sort of started building it. With this roster right now, like you think that, okay, you either are gonna lose all these games and you're gonna get these top picks, but also you're gonna acquire talent that you could build their value up, trade out the door, get all these picks and pick swaps for those guys, and then just start building your roster. The problem is your top two players is Pool and, and, and Kuzma, and you're not gonna get much for those guys. You know, right now, if you had a judge it, and they're talking about already trading Pool in the media, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, the problem is no one's going to want anything. You know, you're going to have to trade out multiple first round picks to get pull off for someone to take his contract. He's got over $150 million, I believe, left on his deal. So no one's going to want that contract unless you're going to attach it to a multiple, like unprotected picks, in my opinion. And then Kuzma might be able to get you a little bit of something, but right now besides really high picks because they're going to be bad, they didn't get a ton of trade value for Beal. When they traded Beal out the window, they didn't really get a lot in return. And don't forget, they traded not this staff, but they traded Hachimura for basically nothing, you know, last year. Remember, you know, when they traded to the Lakers. So, there's not a lot of value on this roster and things that you could really build around. So you're just going to have to be bad. You're going to have to either attach picks to the pool contract, or you just got to let it go and just, you know, wait till his contract's up in a few years. And then it's really hard for this, this organization to develop value in their roster going forward. So it'll be a tough build in my opinion.
0: I agree. Yeah. They're, they're, there's no shining light. They don't have the Paul George. I don't have anything that can bring in assets. So there, like I said, I think if you're a Wizards fan, buckle up. Um, you're in a you're in a ten year plan by the looks of things. I had the Detroit Pistons. Um, look, they weren't expected to be that good this year, but whenever you lose thirteen straight, um, not good. Not good when you lose thirteen straight. Uh, they were two and one before that, I believe, bro. So, so they were looking good. Yeah. They were two and one. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, but yeah. It's, it's gone. It's gone. And they they're, they're you know they've got a pretty good young roster. Their roster's not. Like, they've they got a much better roster than uh, than the Wizards, in my opinion. You know, you look at mm-hmm. Cunningham growing into his own. Um, who else do they have here? Killian Hayes. Uh, Bogdanovich. Tom- yeah, Bogdanovich. Thompson's actually a decent rookie for them. He's having a great rookie year so far, I believe. He's, I think he's leading the league in blocks yep. for rookies at 6'6", six, six, a guard forward spot. Um yep. You know, Isaiah Stewart, solid for him. Joe Harris is there. Bagley the third not playing much. Uh, Wiseman, not playing at all. But I always question the, you know, the the acquisition of of, of Monty Williams for a roster like this. I just don't, I don't understand that. That's one thing I don't understand. He's not, I mean, is he a guy that has the patience to build a young team? Don't know. Doesn't look good right. Doesn't look good right now.
1: He's he's got the patience to look at his Bank of America app twice a month and see what the fuck's <laughs> getting get getting deposited in that thing. He's making like what, like $14, Seven, 15 75 million dollars over a year, five,
0: right, or something like that. Yeah
1: yeah so trust me, okay. I don't think that's gonna be much of a problem the guy the guy literally it's worth more than the state of Michigan, so i don't <laughs> think uh i I don't think that more from the know, business point really of view though.
0: Though. i'm I'm, I'm talking more about from their like what's your yeah you know are they thinking we've got a young undisciplined crew let's bring in this hard headed coach whereas I'm like yes, but I, I think they'd flourish more with one of these younger Kind of energetic guys, in my opinion. While you're rebuilding, because I think there's a burnout that's going to happen with with a young group around a hard headed coach. Mm-hmm. I think you've got a, you know, you got a two to three. Yeah, if you don't have those veterans in that locker room that are like, hey, young fella, this is, you know, this is the coach you want to do. Blah 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 blah. I don't think that's the right coach for them long term. But like you said, they've paid him like it is. So I just think that's kind of a clunky fit. But. Yeah, they're, they're they're my they're my week of the few weeks just because whenever you lose 13 straight games, I have to we're probably a week away from googling what their franchise record of losses is. Uh, if they're at 13 right now, I assume it's close to 20. Um, you never want to be in those positions because it's it's just you don't want to set those kind of records.
1: I mean, I mean, believe it or not, like you know, daily I'll go on my Peloton and Peloton has where you can watch you'll know, watch your NBA package. So in the morning. Yeah, I'll take a game from a team that I don't watch a lot. So I watched Detroit a couple of times. It's rough. Like they don't really have shooting. They don't really have. I mean, the one thing they do have is they have size. You know, with Stewart and Duran, and you know Bagley's actually playing pretty well. Thompson's, you know, sort of a Trevor Ariza type, like really athletic slasher. Can't really shoot it, but he does play hard. But you know, the one thing for them is Bogdanovich is out. Jaden Ivey's really been struggling. Now he's been okay in the last few games, but he's been really struggling. Takes a lot of tough shots. Not really a shooter. Undersized too. So they don't. They don't really. I mean, to me, Cunningham's the guy that they build around. I'm not a huge Cunningham fan. He's a good player, but it, it's good. it's just a tough deal. You know, you got Bagdanovich, You're paying all that money to. He hasn't played yet. You know, the bigs they got are good. They're tough guys. Isaiah Stewart and Doran are tough. They rebound. They get size and strength. But they don't really have anything they could hang their hat on besides Cunningham. I would think that with Monty Williams is like when you're a GM and you really have a coach that it it reminded me a lot of what Danny Ainge wanted to do. Like when Danny Ainge came, he had a guy named Jim O'Brien coaching his team. Um, Jim O'Brien left or got fired in the middle of the year. And like Danny always wanted Doc Rivers as his coach. So we were gonna be bad. You know, I was in the staff there. We were gonna be really be bad, bad for the next few years. We were young. And Doc was a guy that you know people thought was gonna be a championship level coach. So he had a couple other offers. Danny secured them. They were really bad for like three years before they, you know, they started they made those trades and things. So For them, they're probably like, regardless, if you have a coach that you feel as though you could acquire and get and you think that he's he's a championship level coach, great. Now the problem is you gotta build a championship level roster. And you know, right now they just don't have it. They got a couple of pieces that are worth something, but I I just it's gonna take some time. And, And, you know, they play hard, no, they just don't have the talent. And that's that's a big problem for them. So yeah, they, they've been pretty bad, you know. Watching them in the last couple of weeks, they played Denver pretty hard the last few days. But obviously, Denver didn't have Murray. But um, well, guess yeah, what, bro? Might, uh, I just they-
0: just googled their all time franchise record for losses is fourteen. They're at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've lost fourteen in 21-22 20, 20, and ninety three, ninety four. And guess who they play next, bro? Who you got, Bugs? I didn't see the Washington Wizards. So they got a chance. Oh, the, the battle of the toilet bowl. He's on the 28th, yeah. so Australian time at time it's already be live. Uh, they will be playing Washington for the Toilet Bowl to see who can really solidify Oof. last spot in the East and get off their losing streak. So that is that is very, very interesting. But I thought they would have had more than that. 14-game Four, 14, 14 losing streak all times. They're worse. That's not too bad. There's some teams that are well, pushing 20s, I think. Well, don't forget,
1: championship team, and, and they were really bad before they got Isaiah Thomas – They got Isaiah Thomas within three or four years. They're conference finalists, won two championships. Then they went bad, but they didn't go terrible. They just went a little bit bad. Then they build the roster back up. Then they win a championship again with Larry Brown coaching the team. Carlisle was pretty good before Larry Brown, too. Mm -hmm. So they've actually had a good. The Grant
0: Hill era wasn't too bad.
1: Grant Hill, Yeah. yeah. They've had some good. Uh, they never really like floored the franchise until recently, but like, yeah, I mean, they've they've kept it together more or less for the last you know decade or so before this little last couple year deal. But yeah, man, that that's not going to be a greatly attended game in my opinion, or maybe it is. Who, who knows?
0: <laughs> maybe they'll paint the quarter color brown. poo color yeah. brown. All right, let's get into some news and the, the biggest. Trending news of the last week is involving Josh Giddy and the uh, the social media uh, CSI that has gone down. Uh, for those not familiar, <laughs> he has been accused of dating or sleeping with or whatever you want to call it, hooking up with a 15-year-old girl. Um, now, there's a lot that still needs to be done with this. It's very hard to comment until you have – you know, a result on the investigation. From what I understand, the people I've spoken to is, now look, just want to put it out there, if if, if Josh was 19, 20, and knowingly seeking out a 15-year-old girl, absolutely despicable behavior, I'm strongly against it, full, you know, threat of the law, whatever it is, do your time. I don't think this is that from what I understand. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and apologize. I don't think it is that. I think the girl was younger from what I understand is the girl in question is lied about her age and said that she was of age at the time. Uh, this has also pro happened. I think a, over a year ago now, I don't think this is something that's happened recently much to people thinking on social media. It has, and it's, it's just hard to uh, give proper comment on this until this plays out now. Okay. See, have been aware of this from what I'm told for the last year. They've known about it. Uh, they have deemed Josh free to play. They don't see any concerns. The NBA have allowed that, which is kind of telling because when these kind of things happen, the NBA kind of tries to really hey take a couple of games off till we figure this thing out. But on the flip side, I don't think they can do anything even if there was you know some smoke to this fire until there's formal charges. Prior, I think as per the. Per the CBA, I don't think, you know, pending an internet Twitter investigation, they can step down a player from playing. He'd have to agree to it. So they can't just say you step down. So he has not been formally charged. I don't believe he's even been interviewed by police uh, to this point. I think it occurred in California where the age of consent is 18, which which does throw a spanner in the works as to did Josh know she was overage. I'm, I'm told that's what he was told. I didn't know she was underage. Sorry, but I was told he was thinking that she was over (laughs) age, but just a messy situation Um, for for everyone involved. I I think for this to to go down the legal route, I believe that the girl in question or the family have to formally uh, press charges saying that he knowingly knew she was of this age. From what I understand that will not happen because the girl lied about her age. So, you see a lot of this stuff going on the internet. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then, you know, you got all these CSI people on the internet digging up diff- wrong photos of different girls and captions and this and that. It's just an absolute shit show as it is online on social media. So as I said, if this is a 19, 20-year-old knowingly saying, I know you're 15, let's hook up, no sympathy from me whatsoever. I don't think that is the case with this and i think it's going to play out pretty um pretty smoothly from the josh giddy party but the damage has been done to his pr pro regardless of what the result is and that's that's a trial by we have trial by media over the last 30 years i think there's now trial by social media is probably 100 times worse i don't know how you see it and yeah. what your thoughts are
1: I, i'm not going to have any comment on what i think of it because obviously you get know, with this thing you just wait until all the You know, all the facts are in. I don't like to I don't like to just sort of jump to a conclusion with with this stuff, especially when major media doesn't pick it up. And there's not a lot of info. Here's my only thing, folks. And and talking to a couple of people that were telling me about, okay, this is sort of the, you know, the law part of it. Okay, so she was in a club. and, And I want your sort of your feedback after I come up, come up with this. She's in a club. She gets in illegally, fake ID, whatever. Maybe she knew somebody up front that let her in. She's in a club. He, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be giddy. It could be anybody. And they, they hook up. So now you're telling me that, okay, you're off scot-free because she lies about her age, or you assume that she's of age because she's in a club that, you know, I don't know, say the, say the age was 21. My cynical part of my brain says, "Okay, this this comes to to light. There's no charges, whatever, because of this. What's stopping an NBA player that's into this sort of thing? Bring Having it one club. of his boys get a couple of degrees of separation mm. brings in these girls, pays off the the front the front person that's that's taking the IDs, whatever, gets them in the club, and then this happens. And then is that the defense? Like I could I can do this because." I think she's of age. That's the only scary part, not even a basketball part, just sort of in life that like, there's always workarounds to everything. So that's my only issue with this whole thing. Like, you know, obviously we don't have the facts to it, but, what about that scenario, Bugs? Like, yeah, no, hundred I, mean, percent.
0: I read about that. I, I read the exact thing that people said. Well, what's to stop yeah. someone doing what you just said? And I, I think it's just a messy situation. I think Josh yeah. hopefully learns a hard life lesson from this, regardless of, of, of where it goes. Obviously, if it's the you know what I said, if if he knowingly did it, and which I, yeah, sure. I which I've been told is completely not the case. Um, yeah, but even if if if, if Josh said okay i'll take you for face value you're 19 but he's still thinking is she really that's enough for me to say i'm, I'm not doing this like you know and that's where he's going to learn his lessons um you know talking yeah. about the, the the comments we made last week about the nba groupies and all that kind of stuff it factors into this as well these are kind of things that now you got to be really careful um you know you, do you ask for id do you do this do you do that who knows but i remember you know when i was i don't know what it's like in the u.s in high school but I remember when I was in high school and I, and and we'd have you know year 9s and 10s girls that were in my class would be getting picked up by by guys after school that were had their licenses and in Australia you need to be 18 to have your license right so they they were one year removed from that high school they might have been in year 12 last season they graduated and now they're picking up year 9s and 10s and you know and I was kind of always like no like that's just 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 weird and wrong right but it was it was kind of the thing at least here in Australia and you always looked at it like those kids thought they were cool but like i said whenever you 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 you're on that to that line you're yeah. flirting with danger and that's why i think josh has messed up like if if you're you're messing around that that 18, 19, 17, maybe you don't know just no like for me yeah. that's me he's got so much to lose as we've seen You know now, like regard. This is the thing. Regardless of what comes out in the next week or two, and even if it gets to a point where it's like she did lie, he didn't know. He thought she was nineteen. That doesn't matter now. All these memes and all this shit now. Like he's he's that's gonna be there forever, right? It's hard to take back on social media. Like I said, if it is the alternative where he knowingly knew, you know, fifteen, then I'm I'm right there with those people and saying like, yeah, that's that's terrible behavior, but. It's hard to take back. Like you said, no real credible um, outlets have reported on this for that very reason. It's just gone, oh, you know, there's some allegations now. That's kind of the most it's been in the media. But, yeah, I, I just don't know where it goes to, to, to solve this puzzle because from what I understand, the family of the girl and the girl herself have, you know, knowingly said they're not they're not moving forward with any charges, and I think they're the ones that hold the key to it. If they, if they come out and tomorrow decide, yeah, yeah, you know, we think he did. He did know she was 15. I <laughs> think he's in some trouble, right? I'm, but it's just a messy situation.
1: Sure. Yeah, Bogues, I'm not sure. And again, I, I'm no legal expert, obviously. But if the state wants to go forward with it, I don't think I so. I wonder if they could still go forward with it if they want to, even if they don't want to press charges. I don't think so. That's a you question
0: know? I had too. I know. I know because okay. in California it's 18. You know, Oklahoma it's 16. But this happened in California. Yeah. That was my question. Was like, can the state independently, outside of the girl's, the girl in question or her family, can the state prosecute? I don't think so. Mm. I think they would have to give a witness statement. So if if the if the girl and the parents don't want to participate and give a statement, I don't think you have a case, bro. So I think that's I'm, cool. le- I'm not a legal expert, but it's, it's it, it kind <laughs> of leaves leaves a lot open uh, up in the air and open. But it's just a shitty situation for for everyone involved, even for the girl. I mean, You know, she's getting um, slut shamed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a valuable lesson of, 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 social media and not posting stuff on social media. Not, you know, I've got a thing with Snapchat. I think if you're an adult above eight, if you're above eighty, you should not be on Snapchat. That's my opinion. I know there's a lot of people that are on there. They, they use it in high school and they graduate and they continue to use it. That's kind of what they're used to. But an app that allows you to upload videos and messages that disappear is only really an app for <laughs> a few things, bro. And I just, I just mm-hmm. think that, yeah, it's a valuable lesson for Josh. He's got to tighten his circle, um, calm down on the activities that he does outside of basketball and, and, and focus on that because he's only in this thing for 10 or 15 years. And he's from what I'm, you know, from what I under, understand and you, he's never been a guy that's gotten in trouble or knowingly wanted to go out and be silly. This is a valuable lesson to for him. So we'll see, we'll watch that space, but I'm with you, bro. It's, it's kind of hard to comment, you know, because you're gonna have people on one side saying, "Oh, you're condoning it." No, like I said, if if he know if found out he knowingly knew she was 15, then I'm right there with you. But I from all the people I've spoken to that are pretty close to those circles, they've said absolutely not the case. Then um, you got people on the other side that say, well, "What's a big deal if they're they're within a year or two of age?" So it's just a messy situation, and I, I mean, in the middle of a basketball season, I have to deal with this, his stars growing. You know, okay, is playing well, it's just just, just sucks to, to go through that. I think for for everyone involved, it's just it's just shit. Sure.
1: I mean they'll go they'll go through the investigation and whatever happens, happens and we got no control over it and then we could speak on it when when they sort of come out. I just don't like to jump to this because I've done that in the past and what I've learned in the last few years is like just a couple wait. of things. I've learned that you can't trust anybody. You know, you can't trust like media, you can't trust reports, you can't trust people what they just say, you just got you got to wait till all the facts come in, and and that's the best way to do it. And you know, I just think that, uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it, rather than jump into a conclusion on something like this, because you know, it's out of it's out of our realm. That's not what we do, and you know, we just got to wait until everything comes back and see what happens.
0: And then we'll comment on it once it's out. All right, next one. Did you happen to see? We're going to play a grab for you, Mike, a uh, pro. Um, mm. Did you happen to, happen to see this? Leonard, coming an average of 21, had that Monday, 80% from the line on the season. And Kawhi, with eight points tonight, three of five from the floor. It is only three.
1: Excuse me for a second.
0: Pops Can on we the stop mic. Stop
1: all the boo and let these guys play. It's, got all class. it's not who we are. Knock off
0: the boy. am telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. Probably, what
1: are your thoughts? Uh, uh, come on, man. I mean, what are we doing? First of all, guys want to boo, they boo. They're not threatening his life. They're not saying anything racially inclined. They're not doing any of this stuff. They're just, they're booing. The guy forced his way out of town, traded, you know, traded out. They want to give him a little bit of a hard time, you know. They're paid to do that, at, you know. Although the guy's been screaming about white privilege for about seven or eight years, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good example of it, right there. I would assume. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, come on. That's the the last time I saw that happen, Bogues. It was like nineteen eighty nine. It was Syracuse versus Georgetown at Syracuse, and they were throwing things on the. Uh, uh, Georgetown Syracuse was a huge rivalry in the eighties. And then, like Jim Behan, the coach of Syracuse at the time, basically said the same thing. But yeah, but stop throwing I, shit well, is,
0: it, is it, stop throwing shit is a little bit different. I've, we've seen that in booing. sports here. Yeah. Like if you're throwing stuff, there's always yeah. a, a home team was, star player or coach that comes on and says, "Hey, like stop throwing shit. Like someone's gonna get hurt." Yeah, for booing. I what saw, do you think I, about? Vogue? Oh, it's cringeworthy. It is. It is so yeah. cringeworthy. And look, Pops, a winning coach, and. He's won all these championships, and now he's a holier-than-thou kind of social commentator and all that kind of stuff. But I know people that have played there. This is what kills me about this, right? When I was in Milwaukee and Golden State, I played with many, many, many players that had stopovers, whether it be for a year or even four or five years in San Antonio. And there weren't very glowing reports on the way Popovich handled himself behind the scenes with player relations and, mm-hmm. and and people relations in general, not just players, but staff and outer out skeleton staff within the club. There were days he was grumpy. He'd walk in, wouldn't say hello to anybody. There were days I heard he treats rookies like absolute shit. For the most part, like doesn't give them a lot of time or attention. I, I've heard he walks mm-hmm. past people in hallways without saying hello. You know, so to have this holy than thou attitude kind of shits me when it's PR and easy pickings. Like to go and get a microphone mid game and be like, stop doing. Well, well, get this, bro. Do you remember how he got ran out of town? Part, partly himself, right? But there was also the narrative mm. that he faked an injury to get traded. He, he was faking the injury to get himself out of mm. there, right? Where was Pop on his mm-hmm. soapbox then? Because the excuse that he's given mm. of, I love Kawhi and he's a championship player for us and I'll protect him at all costs. Where was your voice then? You would, it was it was deafening the silence, right? You could come out and said, look, he has a legitimate injury, our, our training staff potentially didn't diagnose him right, so he's a bit frustrated. He wants out of town. That would be protecting him, right? So, I don't buy all this holly than thou stuff. He's got a—he's definitely got a god complex with some of this stuff. And to grab a mic mid-game, it's just so cringeworthy. And I, I, you know, everyone gets booed. It's part of the game that those those home home fans are paying their price of admission and trying to put you off, trying to make you miss free throws. Like, where do you draw the line then? Okay, you can boo that player, but not that player. Free throws will allow booing because we wanted to miss. Oh, it's just, I think Pop needs to put a cork in it and just concentrate on how bad his team is playing right now. Um, it's been a nice little diversion from how bad they really are. Now you don't have your Tony Parkers and your Manu Ginobili's and your Tim Duncans anymore. You actually have to coach now, Pro. So you know you, you're, you're not you're not looking good. Uh, where are they right now? They're sitting sitting towards the bottom. They are last. They've lost eleven straight no one's talking about that 11 straight as much as they're talking about him whatever side you're on there's a lot of people that are like oh stunning and brave great look at him defending his player that don't know shit about basketball that don't know he didn't defend that player two or three years ago um and then you got the people like us who are just shitting on him which i think is deservedly so
1: yeah it's just not a it's not a great look to be honest with you but like you know the 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 casual fan especially san antonio fan would be like oh you know He's doing the right thing, blah blah blah. What a, they you know, kept what booing though, bro—that's what was
0: hilarious. After he said it, those yeah. fans still booing him. They, <laughs> they don't care, you know. Hey I like gotta stop booing. Boo, down, coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, F- yeah. Fans, fans are gonna do what fans do. They're just gonna—they're gonna, you know—they just want attention. They wanna—they—they they wanna be part of the experience. You know, I didn't think it was a big deal in the sense that like they're booing him. So what? I've—I've I've heard way worse. There's way worse things done. Way like more threatening things that like courtside fans yell at players and stuff. I didn't think it was a huge deal, but yeah, it it sort of comes off as like a God complex deal. Just bragging the mic, you know, grabbing the mic and trying to micromanage the the whole situation. So
0: I don't know, man. All I hope uh, is pro every, every game now from here on out, I hope a coach home coach gets on the microphone and says, don't boo that. Guys shooting free throws, star player shooting free throws doesn't deserve this. Every game. Let's just stop every game at different points. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, no booing. And then the game can take another, instead of being two and a half hours, it can be four and a half hours and we can have great PR puff pieces all year long.
1: Yeah. You know, they might want to be booing that offense they're running. So, you know, instead of booing, uh, booing players, not that's just me.
0: Last one, Steve Kerr. I'm in agreement with his little rant post the Phoenix Suns game playing at Phoenix. He said that uh, it, he couldn't hear shit in there, uh, couldn't call any plays, and it was like a nightclub feel. This is a huge pet peeve of mine, pro MBL uh, mm-hmm. wise, because there's a few teams that uh, that literally, I'm not exaggerating, they press play on like Wild Hits 2010. And they press play on the album and then it's like the DJ just leaves, goes get some food, maybe gets a massage, Hi. comes back after the game and then takes his – we don't have CDs anymore, but takes his little USB drive out of the DJ booth and goes home because it just plays all game long during free throws. And I guess Phoenix is starting to go down that route and Kerr wasn't happy about it. But I just thought I'd i would uh, put someone in there that actually agrees with me for once. Um, that, uh, and Kerr and I don't agree on a lot of things off the court, so – uh, it's good good for us to actually agree on something when it comes to club music. Look, I love I like music that's leading into a play, defense chant, a bit of music to pump up the crowd for five seconds during the start of an offensive play. Whatever it is, don't mind it. I, I just can't stand like literally playing a three-minute track while the, the game's going. It's almost like the basketball secondary to everything else going on. So just uh, something I thought I'd bring up. I don't know. What's your thoughts on uh, – on you know making the arena feel like a nightclub. Are you there to watch the game, or do you want to dance with your wife while you're? There?
1: <laughs> you know, back in the day, the game was really good, and the marketing was terrible. Now, not that the basketball is bad, but the marketing it seems like is takes precedence over the actual gameplay. And they're they're trying, you know, they're trying to they're trying to cater to everybody. They're trying to make it an experience. And they're not really that's what they're worried about mostly. Marketing, trying to sell, you know, trying to sell their TV packages, their, you know, their mid season tournament, their the game experience. You know, you charge in, you know, triple figures on average probably for ba- you know for for tickets. It's really hard. You know, they they're gonna have to try to make it as entertaining as possible. I don't think it's right. I think, you know, that that glaring that that blaring music is is you know, I agree with that. I'm not a huge fan of it, especially all game long. Like, it just keeps on going and going and going. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you and I were talking before, and you were saying, like, you don't mind it when it's, like, leading into a chant, and it's cool. I like that, but eh, not really a huge well, especially
0: fan. Especially the Knicks or the, the, was the accordion or whatever it is. like yeah. yeah, I think it's really cool. I like that. I like I like a bit of music. I don't I'm not one of those people like oh just complete silence and squeaky shoes and bouncy balls. But I think it's a time and place. But just constantly all game long, I'd like to hear kind of what the fans think listening to this. If you you know, driving and you, you pause, uh, you, you drive or stop your at the end of your drive, just hit us up on socials. If you if you're not if you're watching the actual video version, let us know what you think. Do you like going to NBA, NBL? Whether you live in Europe, do you like have music every single second or do you like actually being able to hear kind of the nuances of the basketball game, which shockingly you paid to go to the basketball game. I'd love to hear what, what people think there. <laughs> Oz in the NBA. Let's get onto some stats this week, pro um, Dante Exum decent week for him actually off the bench, 5.7 points, 2.9 rebounds, 1.9 assists. So he had a really solid couple of weeks in the league. Dyson Daniels continues to play really well in that starting position. Uh, 28 minutes a game, 9.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, 4.7 assists, and two steals a game in that realm. So very close to getting another team, another another Aussie of the week, but just missed out. I think I have him in second place. Josh Green, 6.2 points, 2.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and just under a steal a game. He's been up and down in that lineup uh, with the Mavs. He kind of has some games where he'll play 30, 35 then there are some games where you, you know, you'll get a quick drag. I think in his last game uh, against the Clippers, he didn't play very much and got a got a short leash. So watch that space. Joe Ingles finding a bit of form finally. Um, you know, his, his field goal percentage and three point percentage over the last month before this last two weeks was horrendous. He seems to have got it back. Six point four points, two point five rebounds, three point seven assists, one steal per game, ten for twenty for th- uh, from three in the the last two weeks, which is great for him. Jock Landau has fallen out of the rotation almost completely pro. He has – he's at 4.7 minutes over the last two weeks, 1.1.5 rebounds, just not playing a whole lot. They end up going um, Jeff Green over him at times. I think a bit more trust there with the veteran um, from Imari Doko. So Jock's got to just continue to keep doing what he's doing. I know he's frustrated at the moment um, like anyone would be from not playing, but he'll eventually – be given his opportunity, whether it's in one game or 10 games, just needs to be ready. Paddy Mills, zero minutes, nothing to report there. Um, Matisse Libel, 6.6 points, 2.2 rebounds, 1.2 assists, one steal per game, 7 for 17 from three in that span. Ben Simmons, still not back from injury since November 5, so almost a month out. So watch that space. Duop Reith, new Aussie, that the, new Aussie in the league over the last couple of weeks. Portland Trailblazers have picked him up. Playing pretty well, 7.6 points, 2.2 rebounds, 1 assist per game shooting the three ball consistently. Uh, he's getting them up at least. He's not not shy from there, which which he did well with the national team, but he will hopefully solidify himself as a decent backup big. Um, Aiton's been in and out of the lineup, so he's got some minutes there. But speaking of NBA news and the happenings, uh, Josh Goody's going to get our Aussie player of the week. He probably had the best uh, stat line over the last couple of weeks. He's coming back into form. He's at 12 points, just under six rebounds, five assists, five for 12 from three in that span. Uh, so just charging on numbers, Dyson Daniels was probably right under him, but Giddy's numbers and the fact that OKC are playing so well uh in second spot in the West solidify him for the his first Aussie of the week. We thought he was gonna run the table, pro. Uh we have Ben, Dyson Daniels, and now Josh Giddy with an Aussie of the Week.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we got so many Australian guys to talk about, but yeah, the green thing in, in Dallas, you know, Dallas is, look, they've been playing well, don't get me wrong, but as of late, they just, they need more offense and, you know, green gives you good energy, gives you good defense, you know, athletic kid, but, you know, they just need some scoring. I, they go with hard away, you know, with, with deep minutes and things. As far as the Dicey Daniels thing, it's really exciting to watch the kid play. He plays hard, plays the right way, knows how to play, you know, and it's it's good because they, they obviously need it with CJ out and, you know, obviously they got Trey Murphy out, so they need they need help in the, you know, in the perimeter play. So it's been it's been good to watch his development and and, and his minutes increase. So and and you know he he lives up to that challenge. So it's it's cool to watch him play.
0: Yeah, it is, and those Aussies are all all roaring into hopefully a successful Olympics in Paris. Um, so it's good to see most playing. The one concern is Paddy Mills, obviously not playing. We've touched on that. What happens there? for the Olympic team it's, it's not great pro when you're not playing for a whole season whether he gets hopefully bought out pre you know trade deadline maybe he gets bought out and latches on somewhere and can find some minutes but you don't want one of your mainstays for your national team playing zero minutes over the course of 12 months and last season didn't play a whole lot neither carry that form into the World Cup probably not his best tournament um, when you compare to the bronze medal run and even the runs before that so he's going to Hopefully I have to find a bit of bit of burn here in the next couple of months um for the sake of the national team because you don't want to you don't want to float into into that having no form. All right, moving on. We'll get into some stats real quick. Um but first dabble social betting experience where you can copy bets. It's simple. See a bet on your feed, you like, boom, hit that copy bet button. Uh follow copy my bets and jump into the banner channel. Download the app and have a dabble. Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. And I hit a 10 I hit a 10 uh 10 way multi last week pro, so I finally got one going. I think it was a the odds were 80, 80 to 1 or something like that. So a lot of happy people. So
1: Boggs, what does that mean? Like a, a multi how many is teams like, did you have to pick and things?
0: Ten. Ten different games. I'll give you You
1: picked ten different games on one night.
0: Yes, all in a multi. I'll give you the exact rundown of it right now. Sure. While I've got it here, there's a lot of happy, a lot of happy punters, pro. Here we go. Ten leg multi, pro. It was paying eighty-three dollars and forty one cents. I had the mighty Washington Wizards against the Hornets with a plus six and a half. I had the Magic at six and a half, plus six and a half against the Nuggets. I had the Pacers at three and a half against Toronto Raptors. Uh, Raptors I had the Nets seven and a half against Atlanta. I had the Rockets minus five and a half against Memphis. So they're giving up five and a half, obviously. Pro to start the game. Uh, Minnesota, I had them against the Seventy ers so I had them just straight up winning. I had the Clippers uh, a minus four and a half start versus San Antonio, which is pretty pretty obvious one. I had the Pelicans six and a half point points start to Sacramento Kings. I had the Trailblazers seven and a half over Utah. That was a, that was a tough one because Utah were favorites in that, but I gave the Blazers seven and a half points and they ended up smacking Utah. And then I had the Suns five and a half over Golden State. So. A nice little one, and obviously on this app, pro um, punters can can copy bets that celebrities or myself or whoever do, and copy it straight to your account. And we had we had about a hundred people copy that that uh, got paid for at eighty two to one odds, which is great. So finally got one pro after after twenty four months. <laughs> and <laughs> big got a- bet, sm- small bet, like what do you do? do you oh, I do just do ten dollars here. I, I do, do just- small bets on the on the multis. Yeah, I think I had twenty bucks on that one, but. That okay. still turns into you know almost a couple of grand. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, a nice one. And then I hit an- another nice one with I think the Pelicans, the Pelicans, and get this pro. So the Pelicans and the Clippers. I had a, I had a parlay on that one as uh, a multi on that one as well, and that was paying just just twelve dollars on that one pro. But get this, I had so I, I hit everything. I had Dyson Daniels for over fifteen points, rebounds and assists combined. Zion Williamson over twenty three and a half points. Dyson Daniels with a steal. Herb Jones one block over 220 and Pelicans six and a half point favorites. So Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels Dyson Daniels gets his steal and Herb Jones gets his block in the last like five minutes of the game. <laughs> so that covers. That's and crazy. then they're on. So the the line I picked over 220.5, so 221 wins. The um it was a tournament game, right? So they had two hundred and twenty mm-hmm. points exactly. They were up by like seven or eight, so the Clippers weren't going to foul. Larry Nance Jr. gets a rebound, dribbles it up, and because it's a tournament, the point spread matters, right? So he went in and dunked it in garbage time and it got to 2.22, literally like four seconds left. That's crazy. So anyway. That's crazy. Some happy partners on that one. Um, There was 227 people copied that one. But anyway, get on a double up, enjoy that, gamble responsibly. All right, useful or useless pro. Give me your your pick for the top three. There's three teams that are top 10 in offense and defense as of today. Who you got?
1: <sighs> okay. So I know Carlisle's doing ridiculous things. And, no, no. Top 10 in offense um, and
0: defense, both. Oh, offense
1: and defense. Holy shit. Okay. Let me see. There's three. Uh, there's three teams that are top in offense and defense. Probably going to have to go. Hmm. You want three teams. I'll go with OKC. Okay, one. You got that one. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I don't want to go Milwaukee because I don't know what they do defensively, but I'll go Milwaukee on the two. And, I mean,
0: Clippers? Clippers, <laughs> yeah. Did you, not, did you not listen to our uh, their defense and offensive <laughs> no, numbers? I'm, once I'm, joking, got I'm joking. Houston, I'm going to say the Houston Rockets. I'm Houston's gonna, a good I'm one, joking. but their offense kind of sucks at times. Uh, yeah, your your former your, your hometown man, the Boston Celtics are in there, and the Denver Nuggets. Ah. the Denver Nuggets yeah. are top ten, which is you know quite surprising because apparently a slow. Big man that can't move his feet or protect the rim. They're still top ten, which is quite amazing defensively. So both those, you know, so you got the Thunder, the Celtics, and the Nuggets. All three top ten offense and defense. Useful, useless, bro? Ah,
1: it's useful. I mean, it's obviously, if you're bringing it on both ends of the floor. Although I don't really know how you get judged. Uh, I'm not questioning, and I just I've never really studied up how you know, besides like obviously your points per game or what you're giving up, how you actually come up with offensive rating, defensive rating, and rate these things. But I think it's really important if they are coming up big on both ends of the floor. Obviously, it it sort of gives you a good idea about where you are as a team. And,
0: and, and that's a formula for most championship, teams. most championship teams. Formula is exactly that. You don't need to be one in either mm. of them. You no. just need to be, if, if your offense is top 10, and your defense is top 10, you're in the mix for a championship. You can have the number one offense. If you're 25th in defense, you're not going to win a championship and vice versa, right? So I think um, that's usually the sweet spot is if you're 5, and six, five, six, 7 in the league in both of those, you're going to have a good chance. All right, I think very useful Good on those three teams. Most assists per game off the bench all time. Who do you think that would be, Pro? This one would be a tough one to get because this guy started for most of his career.
1: Hold on, Boggs.
0: Most you talk,
1: So you're you're saying
0: assists for most a career. assists per game? No, uh, well, no, most assists per game off the bench all time, minimum minimum ten games. So this, okay, so never, not his
1: career, just when he's a backup.
0: Yeah, you never get this mm. one. So I'll just tell it to you. It's Magic Johnson. He's got the all time most assists per game off the bench because I never would even guessed he came off the bench. I think it was when he was. Overweight Magic and came back that one year. I think he's come off the bench. <laughs> so it's a little outlier. Um, but apparently he's come off the bench enough to to warrant minimum 10 games. 7.4. There's uh, mm-hmm. that, that record has a chance to be broken this season by who, bro? Chris Paul? Correct. Is at 6.9. So he has a chance, minimum 10 games. He has a chance to uh, break that record. Useful or useless, bro?
1: I'm saying useless. I would rather see guys that actually came off the bench. You know, like, keeping stats. I think... Now, Chris Paul's different because he's actually a backup. I don't think Magic was ever really a backup besides that one year he came back from HIV. Um... And I don't even think he was a backup that long. I think season, he was a backup. for yeah.
0: interesting see it says minimum, yeah. the, the, the caveat is minimum 10 games. So I bet you it's like Magic, yeah. Magic came off the bench 11 times. <laughs> That's why they put the 10 games yeah, in there. Yeah, I agree 10. with you. 10.1 uh, times. I think it's useless just yeah. based on that at minimum 10 games. If this was like a 100-game sample size, different story. But I couldn't even remember Magic coming off. And then I was like, oh, yeah, the, the year he came back overweight and um, recovering from – from his off-court escapades. All right, uh, next, last one. I'm going to do pick a player for you again, pro. I'm going to give you some stats. Sure. And I want you to pick which player, which player you like better, and then I'll let you know which is which. Player one, sure. 25.8 points a game, 5.9 rebounds, 5.1 assists. Shooting splits are 46, 37, 84. Player two, 25.3 points a game, 5.6 rebounds per game, 8.3 assists per game. Shooting splits are 44, 39, and 87. Player one or player two? Mm, player, two. player two. Player two is Lamelo Ball. Player one, oh, is Anth- player one is Anthony Edwards, pro. <laughs> <laughs> give me a uh,
1: uh, give me a do over on that. Can we? Hey, Trey, can we? Can we just fucking rewind this so we could just pick this shit again? Because this is no so the, no is bueno now, on this one
0: number one Lamelo ball uh, fan but same God. numbers same numbers really even on the shooting yeah. splits but Lamello is averaging three more assists albeit they suck and they play a style that in, you know helps his stat line but pretty interesting that both those guys are averaging roughly the same numbers but I think you take I take Edwards if I know which one's which based on based on the wins they're getting
1: it's not even close as far as the play. <laughs> ball 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 is a really talented kid and it could score. And look, when you're a bad team like Charlotte, you don't really have a lot, you know, you're not really playing for a lot right now. He's a guy that could put up points to keep people going. He's entertaining, no doubt about it. Anthony Edwards is an absolute killer who you know, depending on the health of the international guys that are you know, up top of the food chain on MVP, you know, balloting and stuff. I mean that guy has a chance to be a, an MVP if not multiple. I mean he's you know, he guards people, he could really score, he could shoot, he could take you off the dribble. He's got athleticism, he's really good. And uh but yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known. If I knew I was going to take ball, uh, I would have I would have taken a knee on that one. And you know, <laughs> and that was Well, it.
0: yeah, I mean, look, if if I'm a if I'm a casual NBA fan, I probably mm-hmm. price of admission want to see LaMelo play. Um if I'm just sure. a casual Yep. I think he's a better showman as far as, you know, Razzle Dazzle, like he's an electrifying player, but you're not gonna win mm-hmm. with that over Edwards. Edwards no. is gonna win more than LaMello is. Um controversial, yeah. yes, but Mello, price of admission, definitely would go seeing him if I was a casual.
1: What's the tattoo what's the tattoo that he had a um? A I don't know, it's a, it's a sponsor logo, isn't it? So basically, maybe Triple B, maybe maybe a shoe line. Then, I don't know. Yeah.
2: So the tattoo on his neck was his own clothing brand, Damn. um, the LF, and basically the league has determined that, um, similar to the J R Smith situation a couple of years back with the Supreme tattoo on his calf, yeah, basically can't wear it in the game because he's promoting his own brand, which doesn't align with the NBA.
1: Why don't we allow him on the show more, bogues? I mean, he's (laughs) obviously smarter than both of us. Why not? Why not have (laughs) He's shy, man? He's shy
0: because last week, last two weeks, he broke his nuts and said he's gonna take a job. So he's, he's, you know, bogues. What bogues? What guy? Well,
1: we've only had two, you know, two producers. What producer hasn't I bust balls on? I mean, I don't understand. But they went on I mean, the mic, you not listening to the so show?
0: He wants to chime in every now and then, but he's like, oh, this fucking asshole's going to break my balls.
1: Chime the fuck in. I mean, <laughs> shit. It ain't like I'm getting paid for this bullshit. It ain't fucking, you know, he ain't going to take my paid gig. Shit. Yo, we're only on every three months. It's not a big deal.
0: That's it. So That's don't it. worry about it. Got to make sure you have fresh content.
1: Yeah, I think he's. I think he spices things up. Yeah, no, I think I'm he needs to speak it. up more we'll, often. We'll,
0: yeah, let us know. We want, we want, we, we, do we want Trent more? I, I do. I'm trying to prod him to to arc up a little bit more. But uh, it's a work in progress, Pro. We're, we're working in, we're molding him into a, in a podcast genius. But uh, yes, Lamello Ball Edwards. Let's move on from that. NBL. It's the fever break right now, Pro. I hate these fever breaks. They just kill the momentum of the season. But anyway, story for another day. <laughs> Around seven yeah. was an interesting one. The Kings squandered a huge lead versus Melbourne United. They were up 15 at half with the run and gun style, um, and it all dried up in the second half. Melbourne United grinded back. They are the clear front runners of the league as of now, almost at the mid-season point, um, and playing really, really good basketball. So really, really good balanced roster. Um, they've dealt with injuries well. They should be commended with the way they've played. They're currently 10-2. and two. And top of the table, Sydney in second, uh, seven and four. Tasmania, Perth surged. They are playing really good basketball right now. They've surged back to fourth place. They're seven and five, tied with Tasmania. Southeast Melbourne have kind of plummeted a little bit. They they haven't really played their best basketball over the last two or three weeks. They're in fifth place at six and six. Brisbane, although they've had some tough losses, they've still played pretty well. They've still managed to scrape into the 6th they They're uh, five and seven. Cairns, four and six, they're just out of the out of the top six. Adelaide uh, eighth, four and seven. New Zealand three and seven, and then Illawarra, who have just fired their head coach a couple of weeks ago uh, oh, wow. and hired. They have hired Jason Tatum's dad, bro, who was an assistant with them. So, um, yeah, he's, J- he's J- over here.
1: that that Jason Tatum, like the Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum.
0: Correct. Yeah, huh. yeah, the Boston Celtics. I
1: co- I coached his dad at a camp, uh, Nike All American Camp in 1996. He went to St. Uh, St. Louis University. That's where they're from. But uh, wow, I didn't know. I didn't even know he was coaching. I thought he was just sort yeah, of Justin. Justin his, Tatum. Yep. Justin he, Tatum he was yeah. over
0: there as the assistant. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, interesting. I mean, he, um, there definitely was a noticeable difference in the way they played. They actually got a big win at New Zealand in his first game which was you know New Zealand's not having a great year but I, like I've said they're 3 and 7 but they're not a 3 and 17 they're going to still grind and play hard and for them to go over there and get a get a nice win um after dad takes over is, is really good so we'll watch that space but yeah, I wasn't sure neither and, he, and he seems pretty young too i think he's a, he, had, he must have had jason at a pretty young age so
1: so yeah so he was what that was 1996 he was like 17 21. So you're talking about like 44 years old. Mm, younger 45.
0: side. Younger side. So yeah. interesting. One other tidbit, uh, which doesn't you won't know much about, but asking the fans, what's, what's going to happen with the Perth Wildcats? Are they going to be sold? Um, there's a lot going on in the world of the owner of the Perth Wildcats, Craig Hutchison, a media mogul here in Australia. Business not doing as well as he would have liked or would like. Uh, it's, a, it's a publicly listed company. Uh, they own, of course, a lot of the SEN brand is under their company. They own the Perth Wildcats. They own a few WNBL, te- uh, WNBL team, a few teams in New Zealand. But uh, their loan is about to go up hef- a hefty amount percentage-wise. Uh, just with the way interest rates are going, I think they had a lock-in for a business loan that they've used. That's going to go up. There's some rumblings about is their company sustainable long-term? What's going to happen so just reading between the lines, is, well, he, he's on record saying that there's no way he sells the Perth Wildcats. They're a great asset. They're bringing a lot of pros to their company. But, you know, the shareholders obviously uh, would have a bit of concern with the way the business is going. So watch that space and see if something spices up in the next year or two. Much to the applaud probably of Perth Wildcats fans. They're do not uh, they not too happy with, with Craig Hutchison being a, a Melbourne media mogul and earning a team in Perth, uh, which is always interesting seeing the Red Army rolled up. But uh, just watch that space, people. I'm not sure if there'll be more to it than 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 this. Hopefully it doesn't happen because I think you want big personalities owning NBL clubs, but there, there is a little bit of smoke uh, where there's fire, bro. So we'll see. We'll watch that space. Oof, that's weird. Mm. Uh, pro, what do you have for us this week, fact or fake news?
1: Folks, I'm going to go – with the fact of fake news, I'm going to go with just sort of player evaluation and your thoughts. So I'm going to give you two players, compare them. I'll give you my take, and you give me your take. Fact of fake news, basically, on that. All right. I'm going to compare Chet Holmgren and Victor Wimbanyana. Obviously, Victor's the face of the league going forward to get it without question. But Chet Holmgren, right now, 18-8, shooting 43% from the three. Right now, I think he's having a more impactful season than Victor is. And, you know, and obviously he plays on a much better team, you know, and all of that. But I'm saying, Chet Holmgren, right now, right this second, better than Victor Wimbenjana can help you win NBA games right now above Victor, not not three years from now, but right now. And that's what I'm saying, fact or fake news. What do you think?
0: Fact. I mean, it's proof he's in the pudding. They're winning games. You know, a lot of uh, Victor's stats, are, I don't want to say empty stats, but they are learn as you go, young fella. You know, we're going to play you no matter what. We're going to, you know, teach you wins or losses, playing through this, playing through sore bodies, playing through nights where you're 0 for 10. We're going to still go to you and make you go 0 for 11 or find if find out if you're going to go 1 for 11 and make that shot, you know. So he's, he gets to play through the growing pains. I feel like Chet... Doesn't have that long of a leash, so he has to play well. Like, I don't think Chet, I don't think they're at a point now, OKC, where Chet's having a stinker. They're just, they can pull him out and put in someone else. Uh, The Spurs have the luxury of he's going to get his numbers, right? Chet's doing this without that luxury on a winning team. So, I totally agree with you. I think um, I had Victor picked for the rookie of the year just because around all the hype and totally bombed on the fact that Chet is still a rookie because he was hurt and all that kind of stuff. I didn't think he'd be this good this soon thought his body would still need a little bit of work, but the three-point percentage for him is the, the big one. You know, he's shooting 43.8 and not, you know, that that, that game-tying shot that he hit a couple of nights ago, you know, uh, who was that against? Um, do you remember who they oh, – I that watched
1: it? that game too. Um,
0: Philly? Was it Golden St- It was a Golden State. Yeah, it was Golden State actually. You're right. Yeah, it was Golden yeah. State. Yeah, just hitting that, that you know, quick, quick trigger, fadeaway three from the corner. Like – he's getting closed out hard now and he creates some mismatches as well, you know, so they play through the other night and you know, he shoots, shoots it really well from three because then B doesn't want to come out there. Yeah. And B can go punish him at the other end. So he's creating a lot of issues there and he's an elite shot blocker already. I mean, he's averaging 2.3 a night. So I'm with you. I think, um, I think he's, he's definitely the better player as of today. He's on a winning team, much less hype about him. And, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for I'm on the Chet train right now because I think they're winning games.
1: Bogues, he's – you know, they're both really good, and they're both freaks because they – if you watch him and you don't notice how tall he is – and and Victor does a little bit of this too. Victor – I mean, uh, Chet handles the ball like a 6'2". Like, if you watch him accelerate, you watch him in pick and roll, you watch him handle it in transition – like the the way he just handles the ball is ridiculous. They're both really good shot blockers, but Chet, you know, Chet protects the rim, he rolls, he pops, he could take you off the dribble. You know, obviously hopefully the body holds up, you know, as of now besides that catastrophic injury last year he did in the summer, um he's just really good and just that whole game, he had like 40 that game that he hit the shot against Oklahoma City. I mean, I'm um, Golden State, and he was just—he's a good player to watch, man. He—he, he re- yeah, I knew he was going to be good, but like you said, I, I didn't think he was going to be this good. And uh, no, just an interesting. Study. And his shooting
0: splits—that's uh, that, what's killing Wemby right now. The shooting splits. I mean, Wemby's forty-three yeah. percent from the field, twenty-six from three, and eighty-two from the free throw line. Where you look at Chet's numbers, which are just astonishing for a young fellow, fifty-six point four from the field, forty-three point eight from three, and eighty-eight. This so is going to be; he's got a chance to be a one-eighty player um, with those numbers, which is which is just crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's been nice, and just you just hope he stays healthy. That's the big mark on his name. Can, can, can they both stay healthy? Because they have both got bodies that seem, you know not the strongest and, and, and you play your own beads of the world and your Valanciunas and these guys that want to go through you, can you stay healthy? Yeah.
1: And, you know, I, it just, with Chet, it's just, you know, like you said that the injury thing, you just sort of hope he, you know, hope he stays healthy with that. But, you know, it's just an interesting deal. I, you know, the shooting percentages are big, you know, as far as what he's shooting from, you know, from three. And, and again, he handles it a lot. He, he shoots it off the dribble a lot. And it's just an interesting, it's sort of an interesting study, but yeah. Uh Yeah. And they both play both ends of the floor. They both, you know, and but Chet's doing it on a team that's winning. He's doing it on a top five, you know, and he, like you said, the games of means a lot more to him right now, because they're actually in meaningful games. That they're not trying to tank. They're not trying to get a draft pick. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to do their thing. So it's uh it's pretty interesting to watch. And on the uh, Victor side, the way they covered Victor last year, as far as the media hype around him, every shot the fucker they showed, he, every shot went in. Fadeaways, three point shots. You think he was like Dirk Yeah. <laughs> But in in actuality, he probably made like twenty three percent of his threes or so. I don't know the number in France. exactly, but yeah, and he's shooting twenty five from three here. But look, he's a you know that's gonna get better. You know, yeah, he'll get I was better. talking to an agent the other day about he was asking me about his client that's not really shooting the three well right now, and I'm like, dude, almost every player in the NBA, if you put work in, you get minutes, you get work, you put work in, you change your technique up a little bit, and and if you actually care, your shooting percentages will go up. You know, I mean, we see it in countless guys that don't shoot well when they come in the league. They put the work and they get the time. They have courage to take threes. You know, I know we talk about Ben and Simmons and all that, that he does it because he doesn't have courage to shoot. But if you have courage, you put the work and you change your technique, you're going to get better. You know, I'd say nine out of ten times. At some point, you're not going to become Steph Curry, but you're going to have some improvements. But it is funny that if you just, like, watch social media, you would have thought that Victor was literally shooting like Dirk and mm-hmm. yeah because boring. all they wanted to show is his makes and his highlights but you know interesting i got one more bogus unless you want to wait, wait till it. next time one
0: more two
1: two of the younger best better point guards in the league folks tyrese Maxey. oh another tyrese tyrese halliburton i didn't even notice tyrese and tyrese I think right now, even though he's not putting up the assist that Tyrese Halliburton is, I think Tyrese Maxey is one of the younger stars of the league. I, I listen to Frank Isola and Brian Scalabrini a lot, and I like Tyrese Maxey. He was in the same gym that I was at this summer working out with Tim Martin, a trainer in a Dallas area. The guy, like, He's ridiculous. Comes in at 7 a.m., puts his work in, whatever. But I always thought he was a good player. And then I was hearing those guys talk, and Frank Isolo was saying he's going to win multiple MVPs and this and that. I don't think that. But the tier this guy's been on, I know Harden's gone and he's got a lot more opportunity. But, I mean, the guy, I, I think Maxi. I would probably take Maxi over Halliburton. But it's close. I mean, Halliburton shooting forty-five from three, averaging twelve point one assists a game, leading the league. It's pretty. It's pretty close. And you well, know, but I would take Maxi over Halliburton. Fact or fake news?
0: This is a hard one because Tyrese's Tyrese Halliburton's numbers are heavily inflated because of the system he's in. A system that sure. I mean, they scored hundred and fifty something in regulation the other night. There are there are. Carlisle's got them playing at a crazy tempo, crazy pace. They just. <laughs> yeah. So his numbers are heavily, uh, overly inflated. But I, I, I take Halliburton. Um, so I'm going to say fake news, just because outside of his numbers being inflated, he's got a twelve to two assist to turnover ratio. Right? Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. But that's that's that's. I mean, that's just that's crazy. You know, you go. Okay, he's averaging. He's averaging. He's what's he averaging from? 27.7 points. That's his last 10, sorry, actually. So I made a mistake there. Pro, yeah. don't get too excited. But yeah, it's, it's, 12, okay. it's 12.1 to 2.5. Um, I don't know and, if
1: you have Vulgaris on uh, Retainer back oh, It's then. just on I ESPN don't stats, if, man. You know, it's it's you, the first you, thing you, you, you Google. I don't, I don't
0: go that deep in the databases. But yeah, so 25 points and 12 assists, but it's the assist turnover that gets me. He's got the ball in his hands so much. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's had a couple of games this, this year, I think, where he's been in the high teens assist-wise with zero turnovers. Maxi's also don't get me wrong. This is not knocking Maxi. He's 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 been phenomenal. His numbers aren't as high because he's in a system that has a slow big fellow. They 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 play a bit of a slower pace than um than Indiana paces. But I I can't under you know I can't underrate you know that assist to turnover ratio for me. And he's shooting the piss out of the ball, man. Like he's fifty percent from the field. He is ninety one point nine from the line and forty five point four. And that was a shot that people thought was broken coming into. Into the draft, pro. It's ugly. It doesn't look good. The shit goes in. The ball, his ball goes in. So you know,
1: it's funny. It's funny you say that. I was on Instagram, and somebody had like um, Tyrese talking about his shot, and like you said, it's ugly as hell. It's low. It's literally like a ten-year-old. You know, he shoots it that low. You know, on the on the release, like the sort of where he picks it up and gets into a shot. And he was talking uh, about how his coach in Milwaukee, he's a high school kid out of Milwaukee, that's where he's from, had him do like a thousand mic and drills a day. And to get his shot a little higher, like to release point, he made him make sure he didn't dip the ball mm-hmm. on the on the the mic and stuff. Yep. And I was sitting next to a coach one of my best friends, his name is Dave he He's an assistant coach at Mississippi State. And he was telling me he's very friendly with this coach. And just out of the blue, we were talking this weekend at the tournament. And he was saying, yeah, like he was t- telling me how he uses the mic and drill. I'm like, holy shit, I just heard about that, how he, he sort of worked on his shot by just doing mic and drill stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. But
0: So it obviously didn't work because um, he still shoots it from his chin.
1: Yeah, he's still shooting over forty from three, so somebody's fucking working. I know, I know. Although saying, I, I like, do,
0: <laughs> he's still shooting it from low, yeah. right? He does, he
1: does. <laughs> I think he needs to be working out with Barry Bonds and taking some HGH or something. Because hey man, it goes to get in that up.
0: It goes in like, it's it like does the, go the, in. the old the old uh, Al Jefferson, right? Like talking yeah. to and even Brook Lopez when he used to um, post up, it was like they they throw a lot of shit up there that looked funky. But their ball just goes in. And Calvin Sampson, who was an assistant with me in Milwaukee, he's now coaching at USC Houston, I believe still. Houston. yeah. He'd always Kill just him. say, hey, that fucker's ball just goes in. It doesn't look good sometimes, but that shit, that ball just goes in and you're like, it does. Because <laughs> they do things that, you know, those two bigs, like they take shots that you don't teach. Fall away hook shot, float type shots. Wait. Al Jefferson would pump pump fake you 14 times before he shot a fade away. The ball would just hit the front of the rim, back of the rim, roll around, and the ball yeah. just went in. It's the same with Halliburton. His thing just goes in.
1: Kevin McHale told me about Al Jefferson that Jefferson literally just throws the ball in. He doesn't really shoot it because he wasn't a shooter, but he literally, he would never use his left hand, should have donated it to science. But like literally he could <laughs> like the range on his hook was ridiculous. He could literally take you from 12 feet and just throw the ball. Like literally just throw it. He it was that good. He was just naturally good like that,
0: and uh, yeah, I agree. And just before, you know, couldn't Anyone gets on me, pro. Sorry to cut you off. Tyrese Maxi's assist turnover ratio is also very good. So I'm just his his six point eight mm-hmm. to one point five. But I just think um, Halliburton for me just gets the nod. It's a tough. It's a tough one. Um, but I There's, guess if you flip the script and put Maxi in the Indiana Pacers system, you'd probably argue you'd have similar numbers, right? It,
1: yeah, and there's a stat that uh, an old-time uh, ex-general manager named Mark Warkentin, may he rest in peace, gave me the stat that he evaluated point guards with. He called it the pure point average, and usually, like the average number on that, you know, one, uh, it's like assists, turnovers, all that stuff. It just sort of, you know, they they put everything in an equation. But Halliburton's leading the league at 8.0, and the average on that's like a good guard is average. Like it's like a 4.3, 4.4. Maxie's at 4.5 and Halliburton's leading the league at 8.0. I mean, the, the guy statistically is ridiculous. And look, he's, he's done it in Sacramento. He did it here. I mean, he's taken it to another level. Uh, his trainer, Drew Hanwin, is a good friend of mine. Tells me the kid just, he, he actually has both Maxi and Halliburton. He said he just gets in the gym and just works it. So it's good to see. You know, two good guys that are very well liked that are putting points up, helping both teams. You know, you know, win games. And you know, Indiana was really good for a while. Still out, still out pretty good, but uh, they'll probably fall back to earth at some point. But their offense is out of the, out of control. They're ridiculously good. So, yeah, it's just interesting to watch those two guys and compare them both.
0: Go on, bro. You did some homework for once. Well done on your uh, lonely evenings there in Dallas. Well, what do
1: you think, Bones? You think? Well, no, Let me get. Let me get Trent to deal with this. What? What does he think that? Uh, you think we should do like gossip stuff on the Factor <laughs> Fake News? Should we stick with the player valuation? What are you thinking?
2: I like these comparisons. These comparisons do well. Hey? I think. I think the Chet and Victor is a good one because they're such similar players, both first year players. So. It's easy to compare the two and, and Tyrese and and um, the two Tyreses as well is good like but yeah I, I agree with with Bogue's pick with Halliburton. Um, I think he had something like he's the first player over three game span to have forty plus assists with zero turnovers.
0: There you go, pro sold.
1: You're fired. Well, first of all, first of all, <laughs> pay the fuck attention to the question. The question was, do you like this format? Not you don't have to blow bugs on his picks. I, I get it. He's employing you, he's paying you. <laughs> your, your venmo is blowing up every week when he pays you. But I'm saying, do you like do you like this format of evaluating players versus like you know our regular fact of fake news? It's usually like, is this team going to be better than this, is this gonna, they're going to finish higher? Would you rather mostly or all player evaluation this guy is better than this guy, and why? Or do you want just a quick, you know, f- you know, fact or fake news, whatever, whatever? Monty Williams is gonna, you know, he's gonna cash his check quicker than Popovich this week. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think the direction? You're you're the CEO of fact or fake news right now. Which direction do you think we should take it? I'll answer it a second time for you and it will be the same answer <laughs> yes. for us.
2: Um, I love the player evaluations and I like getting into those. The the other ones tend to backfire. They do not age well. Like in a week's time when I go I to post the fake or fake news, it, it usually isn't relevant anymore and it's usually a bad pick Run. by then as well.
0: Yeah. There you go, pro. Just, like
1: just like my tenure on the show, it's not going to age well <laughs> and it's going to get fucking washed out soon. So
0: I agree. Toast to you. Take that bitch slap from Trent, by the way.
1: I just got bitch slapped completely. The <laughs> nine people that are still following us and listening to this fucking show are, 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 are going to be in shock and awe. That's off. all right. Oh, by the way, Bogues, before Uh-oh, we go. Here we go. What do you got? My wife sent me this today. You know, she's got was like from Google Google the groupie, photos. Was it from
0: the groupie uh, comments we made last week? I don't know if you could see this. So
1: yeah. my mm-hmm. daughter on Bogues night, and I still have it unopened uh, on my shelf when they had Bogues night in Dallas, when they had the um, bobblehead, when they had the bobblehead, she's decapitated... reality to feel. How do hold How her She's, she's literally decapitating you, both. Just like my career. On, uh, yeah, just like your career. I can't do it. Right.
0: Oh yes, there we go.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So well, there's at least you, one person that.
0: Well, you remember? You remember what the? That's what uh, Casey and the training staff did to my bobblehead. You remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, I did. So the did training they like stu-
1: explode the leg or something?
0: No, the, the training staff like had all these bandages on my – put all these bandages on my bobblehead. <laughs> that was pretty I, good. I got there and I think Javel hyperextended my knee in one of the games um, and then I had something else with my back and they just had all these like bandages on my fucking bobblehead. I'm like, you assholes. These guys are supposed to be treating me and getting me better and making fun of me.
1: Well, it, it was actually a voodoo doll to try to – Make you you know, to make you more valuable in the trade. It didn't happen. No, it didn't happen.
0: All right, pro. We'll see you in uh three months' time. Trent, I'll see you later, man. Happy New Year.
1: Later.